This is day 170 of our daily Bible reading. We will be completing Ezekiel chapters 43 through 47. Lord God, thank you for a new morning where your mercies are fresh and your grace is continuous. We thank you, Lord, for this new opportunity for a day of life and all the mysteries that it brings. We know, Lord, that you have a plan for us, that we have a purpose. Our heart's desire is to fulfill your word in us, that we may be light and salt on this earth. Lord, as we enter into your presence this morning, may we be humbled greatly. May we be cast down to the ground in submission to you. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to spend time with you in your presence. Please bless the reading of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Then he led me to the gate, the gate facing toward the east. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was coming from the way of the east. And his voice was like the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. And it was like the appearance of the vision which I saw, like the vision which I saw when he came to destroy the city. And the visions were like the vision which I saw by the river Chabar, and I fell on my face. And the glory of the Lord came into the house by the way of the gate facing toward the east. And the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court. And behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house. Then I heard one speaking to me from the house, while a man was standing beside me. He said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne, and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell among the sons of Israel forever. And the house of Israel will not again defile my holy name, neither they nor their kings, by their harlotry and by the corpses of their kings when they die, by setting their threshold by my threshold, and their doorpost beside my doorpost, with only the wall between me and them. And they have defiled my holy name by their abominations which they have committed. So I have consumed them in my anger. Now let them put away their harlotry and the corpses of their kings far from me, and I will dwell among them forever. As for you, son of man, describe the temple to the house of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their iniquities, and let them measure the plan. If they are ashamed of all that they have done, make known to them the design of the house, its structures, its exits, its entrances, all its designs, all its statutes, and all its laws, and write it in their sight, so that they may observe its whole design and all its statutes and do them. This is the law of the house. Its entire area on the top of the mountain all around shall be most holy. Behold, this is the law of the house. And these are the measurements of the altar by cubits, the cubit being a cubit and a handbreadth. The base shall be a cubit, and the width a cubit, and its border on its edge round about one span. And this shall be the height of the base of the altar. From the base on the ground to the lower ledge, 
shall be two cubits and the width one cubit. And from the smaller ledge to the larger ledge shall be four cubits and the width one cubit. The altar hearth shall be four cubits, and from the altar hearth shall extend upwards four horns. Now the altar hearth shall be twelve cubits long by twelve wide, square in its four sides. The ledge shall be fourteen cubits long by fourteen wide on its four sides. The border around it shall be half a cubit, and its base shall be a cubit round about and its steps shall face the east. And he said to me, Son of man, thus says the Lord God, These are the statutes from the altar on the day it is built, to offer burnt offerings on it, and to sprinkle blood on it. You shall give to the Levitical priests who are from the offspring of Zadok, who draw near to me to minister to me, declares the Lord God, a young bull for a sin offering. You shall take some of its blood and put it on its four horns and on the four corners of the ledge and on the border round about. Thus you shall cleanse it and make atonement for it. You shall also take the bull for the sin offering, and it shall be burned in the appointed place of the house outside the sanctuary. On the second day you shall offer a male goat without blemish for a sin offering and they shall cleanse the altar as they cleansed it with the bull. When you have finished cleansing it, you shall present a young bull without blemish and a ram without blemish from the flock. You shall present them before the Lord, and the priests shall throw salt on them, and they shall offer them up as a burnt offering to the Lord. For seven days you shall prepare daily a goat for a sin offering, also a young bull and a ram from the flock without blemish shall be prepared. For seven days they shall make atonement for the altar and purify it. So shall they consecrate it. When they have completed the days, it shall be on the eighth day and onward, the priests shall offer your burnt offerings on the altar and your peace offerings, and I will accept you, declares the Lord God. Then he brought me back by the way of the outer gate of the sanctuary, which faces the east, and it was shut. The Lord said to me, This gate shall be shut, it shall not be opened, and no one shall enter by it. For the Lord God of Israel has entered by it, therefore it shall be shut. As for the prince, he shall sit in it as prince to eat bread before the Lord. He shall enter by way of the porch of the gate, and shall go out by the same way. Then he brought me by way of the north gate to the front of the house. And I looked, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord, and I fell on my face. The Lord said to me, Son of man, mark well, see with your eyes and hear with your ears all that I say to you concerning all the statutes of the house of the Lord, and concerning all its laws. And mark well the entrance of the house, with all exits of the sanctuary. You shall say to the rebellious ones, to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, Enough of all your abominations, O house of Israel, when you brought in foreigners, uncircumcised in heart 
and uncircumcised in flesh, to be in my sanctuary to profane it, even my house, when you offered my food, the fat and the blood, for they made my covenant void, this in addition to all your abominations. And you have not kept charge of my holy things yourselves, but you have set foreigners to keep charge of my sanctuary. Thus says the Lord God, No foreigner uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh of all the foreigners who are among the sons of Israel shall enter my sanctuary. But the Levites who went far from me when Israel went astray, who went astray from me after their idols, shall bear the punishment for their iniquity. Yet they shall be ministers in my sanctuary, having oversight at the gates of the house and ministering in the house. They shall slaughter the burnt offering and the sacrifice for the people, and they shall stand before them to minister to them. Because they minister to them before their idols and become a stumbling block of iniquity to the house of Israel, therefore I have sworn against them, declares the Lord God, that they shall bear the punishment for their iniquity, and they shall not come near to me to serve as a priest to me, nor come near to any of my holy things, to the things that are most holy, but they will bear their shame and their iniquities which they have committed. Yet I will appoint them to keep charge of the house, of all its service, and of all that shall be done in it. But the Levitical priests, the sons of Zadok, who kept charge of my sanctuary when the sons of Israel went astray from me, shall come near to me to minister to me. And they shall stand before me to offer me the fat and the blood, declares the Lord God. They shall enter my sanctuary. They shall come near to my table to minister to me and keep my charge. It shall be when they enter at the gates of the inner court, they shall be clothed with linen garments, and wool shall not be on them when they are ministering in the gates of the inner court and in the house. Linen turbans shall be on their heads, and linen undergarments shall be on their loins. They shall not gird themselves with anything that makes them sweat. When they go out into the outer court, into the outer court of the people, they shall put off their garments in which they have been ministering, and lay them in the holy chambers. Then they shall put on other garments, so that they will not transmit holiness to the people with their garments. Also, they shall not shave their heads, yet they shall not let their locks grow long. They shall only trim the hair of their heads. Nor shall any of the priests drink wine when they enter the inner court. And they shall not marry a widow or a divorced woman, but shall take virgins from the offspring of the house of Israel, or a widow who is the widow of a priest. Moreover, they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane, and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. In a dispute, they shall take their stand to judge. They shall judge it according to my ordinances. They shall also keep my laws and my statutes, and in all my appointed feasts, and sanctify my Sabbaths. 
They shall not go to a dead person to defile themselves. However, for father, for mother, for son, for daughter, for brother, or for a sister who has not had a husband, they may defile themselves. After he is cleansed, seven days shall elapse for him. On the day that he goes into the sanctuary, into the inner court, to minister in the sanctuary, he shall offer his sin offering, declares the Lord God. And it shall be with regard to an inheritance for them that I am their inheritance, and you shall give them no possession in Israel. I am their possession. They shall eat the grain offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering, and every devoted thing in Israel shall be theirs. The first of all the first fruits of every kind, and every contribution of every kind, from all your contributions, shall be for the priests. You shall also give to the priest the first of your dough to cause a blessing to rest on your house. The priests shall not eat any bird or beast that has died a natural death or has been torn to pieces. And when you divide by lot the land for inheritance, you shall offer an allotment to the Lord, a holy portion of the land. The length shall be the length of 25,000 cubits, and the width shall be 20,000. It shall be holy within all its boundary round about. Out of this there shall be for the holy place a square round about 500 by 500 cubits and 50 cubits for its open space round about. From this area you shall measure a length of 25,000 cubits and a width of 10,000 cubits, and in it shall be the sanctuary, the most holy place. It shall be the holy portion of the land. It shall be for the priests, the ministers of the sanctuary, who come near to minister to the Lord. And it shall be a place for their houses and a holy place for the sanctuary. An area 25,000 cubits in length and 10,000 in width shall be for the Levites, the ministers of the house, and for their possession cities to dwell in. You shall give the city possession of an area 5,000 cubits wide and 25,000 cubits long, alongside the allotment of the holy portion. It shall be for the whole house of Israel. The prince shall have land on either side of the holy allotment and the property of the city, adjacent to the holy allotment and the property of the city, on the west side toward the west and on the east side toward the east, and in length comparable to one of the portions, from the west border to the east border. This shall be his land for a possession in Israel. So my princes shall no longer oppress my people, but they shall give the rest of the land to the house of Israel according to their tribes. Thus says the Lord God, Enough, you princes of Israel! Put away violence and destruction, and practice justice and righteousness. Stop your expropriations from my people, declares the Lord God. You shall have just balances, a just ephah, and a just bath. The ephah and the bath shall be the same quantity, so that the bath 
will contain a tenth of a homer, and the ephah a tenth of a homer. Their standard shall be according to the homer. The shekel shall be twenty geras, twenty shekels, twenty-five shekels, and fifteen shekels shall be your money. This is the offering that you shall offer, a sixth of an ephah from a homer of wheat, a sixth of an ephah from a homer of barley, and the prescribed portion of oil, namely the bath of oil, a tenth of a bath from each core, which is ten baths or a homer, for ten baths are a homer, and one sheep from each flock of two hundred from the watering places of Israel for a grain offering, for a burnt offering, and for peace offerings, to make atonement for them, declares the Lord God. All the people of the land shall give to this offering for the prince in Israel. It shall be the prince's part to provide the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the drink offerings, at the feasts, on the new moons, and on the Sabbaths, at all the appointed feasts of the house of Israel. He shall provide the sin offering, the grain offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offerings, to make atonement for the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, In the first month, on the first of the month, you shall take a young bull without blemish, and cleanse the sanctuary. The priest shall take some of the blood from the sin offering, and put it on the doorposts of the house, on the four corners of the ledge of the altar, and on the posts of the gate of the inner court. Thus you shall do on the seventh day of the month for everyone who goes astray or is naive. So you shall make atonement for the house. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, you shall have the Passover, a feast of seven days. Unleavened bread shall be eaten. On that day the prince shall provide for himself and all the people of the land a bull for a sin offering. During the seven days of the feast he shall provide as a burnt offering to the Lord seven bulls and seven rams without blemish on every day of the seven days, and a male goat daily for the sin offering. He shall provide as a grain offering an ephah with a bull, an ephah with a ram, and a hin of oil with an ephah. In the seventh month, on the fifteenth day of the month, at the feast, he shall provide like this, seven days for the sin offering, the burnt offering, the grain offering, and the oil. Thus says the Lord God, The gate of the inner court facing east shall be shut the six working days, but it shall be opened on the Sabbath day and opened on the day of the new moon. The prince shall enter by way of the porch of the gate, from outside, and stand by the post of the gate. Then the priest shall provide his burnt offering and his peace offerings, and he shall worship at the threshold of the gate, and then go out. But the gate shall not be shut until the evening. The people of the land shall also worship at the doorway of that gate before the Lord on the Sabbaths and on the new moons. The burnt offering which the prince shall offer to the Lord on the Sabbath day 
shall be six lambs without blemish and a ram without blemish. And the grain offering shall be an ephah with the ram. And the grain offering with the lambs, as much as he is able to give. And a hin of oil with an ephah. On the day of a new moon, he shall offer a young bull without blemish. Also six lambs and a ram, which shall be without blemish. And he shall provide a grain offering, an ephah with the bull and an ephah with the ram and with the lambs as much as he is able, and a hin of oil with an ephah. When the prince enters, he shall go in by way of the porch of the gate, and go out by the same way. But when the people of the land come before the Lord at the appointed feasts, he who enters by way of the north gate to worship shall go out by way of the south gate. And he who enters by way of the south gate shall go out by way of the north gate. No one shall return by way of the gate by which he entered, but shall go straight out. When they go in, the prince shall go in among them, and when they go out, he shall go out. At the festivals and the appointed feasts, the grain offering shall be an ephah with the bull and an ephah with a ram, and with the lambs as much as one is able to give and a hin of oil with the ephah. When the prince provides a free will offering, a burnt offering, or peace offerings as a free will offering to the Lord, the gate facing east shall be opened for him. He shall provide his burnt offering and his peace offerings as he does on the Sabbath day. Then he shall go out, and the gate shall be shut after he goes out. And you shall provide a lamb a year old without blemish for a burnt offering to the Lord daily. Morning by morning you shall provide it. Also you shall provide a grain offering with it morning by morning, a sixth of an ephah and a third of a hin of oil to moisten the fine flour, a grain offering to the Lord continually by a perpetual ordinance. Thus they shall provide the lamb the grain offering, and the oil, morning by morning, for a continual burnt offering. Thus says the Lord God, If the prince gives a gift out of his inheritance to any of his sons, it shall belong to his sons. It is their possession by inheritance. But if he gives a gift from his inheritance to one of his servants, it shall be his until the year of liberty. Then it shall return to the prince. His inheritance shall be only his sons. It shall belong to them. The prince shall not take from the people's inheritance, thrusting them out of their possession. He shall give his sons inheritance from his own possession, so that my people will not be scattered, any one from his possession. Then he brought me through the entrance, which was at the side of the gate into the holy chambers for the priests, which faced north. And behold, there was a place at the extreme rear toward the west. He said to me, This is the place where the priests shall boil the guilt offering and the sin offering, and where they shall bake the grain offering, in order that they may not bring them out into the outer court to transmit holiness to the people. Then he brought me out into the outer court, 
and led me across to the four corners of the court. And behold, in every corner of the court there was a small court. In the four corners of the court there were enclosed courts, forty cubits long and thirty wide. These four in the corners were the same size. There was a row of masonry round about in them, around the four of them, and boiling places were made under the rows round about. Then he said to me, These are the boiling places, where the ministers of the house shall boil the sacrifices of the people. Then he brought me back to the door of the house, and behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the house toward the east, for the house faced east. And the water was flowing down from under, from the right side of the house, from south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate, and led me around on the outside to the outer gate by way of the gate that faces east. And behold, water was trickling from the south side. When the man went out toward the east with the line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits, and he led me through the water. The water reached my ankles. Again he measured a thousand and led me through the water, water reaching the knees. Again he measured a thousand and led me through the water, water reaching my loins. Again he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not ford, for the water had risen, enough water to swim in, a river that could not be forded. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me back to the bank of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, on the bank of the river there were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then he said to me, These waters go out toward the eastern region and go down into the Araba. Then they go toward the sea, being made to flow into the sea and the waters of the sea become fresh. It will come about that every living creature that which swarms in every place where the river goes will live, and there will be very many fish, for these waters go there, and the others become fresh. So everything will live where the river goes. And it will come about that fishermen will stand beside it, from Engedi to Enigliam, there will be a place for the spreading of nets. Their fish will be according to their kinds, like the fish of the great sea, very many. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. On one side and on the other will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear every month because their water flows from the sanctuary, and their fruit will be for food, and their leaves for healing. Thus says the Lord God, This shall be the boundary by which you shall divide the land for an inheritance among the twelve tribes of Israel. Joseph shall have two portions. You shall divide it for an inheritance, each one equally with the other. For I swore to give it to your forefathers, and this land shall fall to you as an inheritance. 
This shall be the boundary of the land. On the north side, from the great sea by the way of Hethlon, to the entrance of Zedad, Hamath, Barothah, Sebraim, which is between the border of Damascus and the border of Hamath. Hazer Hadakon, which is by the border of Haran. The boundary shall extend from the sea to Hazer Anon, at the border of Damascus. And on the north toward the north is the border of Hamath. This is the north side. The east side, from between Haran, Damascus, Gilead, and the land of Israel, shall be the Jordan. From the north border to the eastern sea you shall measure. This is the east side. The south side toward the south shall extend from Tamar as far as the waters of Meribath Kadesh, to the brook of Egypt and to the great sea. This is the south side toward the south. The west side shall be the great sea, from the south border to the point opposite Libo Hamath. This is the west side. So you shall divide this land among yourselves, according to the tribes of Israel. You shall divide it by lot for an inheritance among yourselves and among the aliens who stay in your midst, who bring forth sons in your midst. And they shall be to you as the native-born among the sons of Israel. They shall be allotted an inheritance with you among the tribes of Israel. And in the tribe with which the alien stays, there you shall give them his inheritance, declares the Lord God. All right, so before I begin, let me just apologize for today. I am having trouble waking up this morning. I am half asleep and cross-eyed as I'm doing this, and I can't seem to wake up. So I made plenty of mistakes throughout this process of doing this. I'm going to try to edit out as many as I can. Hopefully it wasn't too bad, but man, it was rough this morning. The reading itself also was a little challenging because it is similar language to what we saw in the Law of Moses, especially the book of Leviticus and things like that. So not exactly the easiest scripture to go through, but it it is God's Word, and there is goodness in it, and there is a purpose for it. So definitely this is not something that should be discarded. So in yesterday's reading, we saw the Lord measuring his house, the temple, when we assume, based off of the context, that this is the final temple that will be built before the Antichrist will come. In chapter 43, we see the Lord returning to the temple, because we saw the illustration earlier where Ezekiel saw the Lord leaving Israel because of their sin after the exile. And now God is returning to his house in Israel. And that's exciting. So he announces that the temple must be holy, and thus it shall be free from everything that is profane in his sight, especially things like idolatry and adultery. Not only that, but it needs to be separate from things like graveyards and palaces, which God goes into great detail on that. And then you might be wondering, why is he doing these sacrifices again? Bear in mind, it's been a very long time since the people have heard this. Not only that, but 
in the times of Ezekiel, he's in exile. He doesn't have a copy of the Word of God with him, I assume. He doesn't have a copy of the law, so he's reminding them of what he's expecting. And this is important to note. Not only is there Ezekiel and God interacting here, but apparently there's someone who continues to be referenced, a prince of some kind. Now, I don't think this is the Messiah, because he has to offer sin offerings, he has children, like we see throughout the next couple chapters. It can't be the Christ, because he doesn't have the, he didn't do those things. Jesus did not have to do a sin offering, because he was the sin offering. And he does not have physical sons to give an inheritance, but I suppose that you could see it from that other side as well, that, yeah, it was him that gave the sin offering symbolically because he gave his life on the cross, and he does have sons, spiritual sons, through the regeneration of the Holy Spirit and through salvation. So maybe that's what it's referring to, but I'm not really sure. But you see what God's really focusing on is restoring his holiness in Israel. All these menial tasks that were done by laborers and foreigners need to be done by priests. They need to be done by the Levites of the line of Zadok. So there's a particular order in which God is trying to return the temple to, and it is the former glory that he originally had set up for it. Because God's law was never supposed to be changed. So he is going to restore it the way he had originally intended. Chapter 45 is a chapter that seems to be addressing all the different means by which a prince is supposed to support the priests and the people of the Levites who are in charge of taking care of the temple. So there's a bunch of offerings as well as who's going to provide the offering and so on and so forth. And then when you get to chapter 46... He's talking about the offerings that are necessary for the Sabbaths, for the new moons, for the daily sacrifices. And so this is a good comparison. If you were to go back to Leviticus and compare it to that, they should be very similar, if not identical, because this is God's law and it never changes. Now, finally, in chapter 47, we see what's called a new holy land, it seems, a new allotment of the inheritance. So Ezekiel saw a river that he was put in from the temple, and it was flowing eastward. And it began as a trickle, then it became deeper and deeper and deeper until he had to swim through it. And what was amazing, though, is it also said that it was going to sweeten the waters of the Dead Sea so that fish could live in it. And that's very interesting. That might be some kind of end times prophecy here, because as we know, the Dead Sea is the saltiest sea on earth, I believe, and it is uninhabitable by creatures because it is way too salty to sustain life. Now, briefly, in the breakdown of the new allotment, the new inheritance that uh, is set up based on its borders, we see the northern border of Israel's land is supposed to run from the Mediterranean Sea north of Tyre, to the point near Damascus, according to this. The eastern border will be formed by the Jordan River and the Dead Sea, so that creates a natural water boundary there, pretty easy to mark on a map. The southern boundary 
is supposed to run a little below the Dead Sea to the Brook of Egypt, according to this. And then the western border will be the Mediterranean Sea. So that's pretty simple. So this particular area is what God is allotting to the Israelites for their residences, for their inheritance, so on and so forth. Now, I haven't done this, but I'd be curious to look at the map of Israel right now and see if it lines up with this. I don't know if it does or not, but I'd be curious to look. But that's all there really is to talk about today in terms of deeper theology and stuff, because there's really not a lot here as to a significance for right now that I can see. I'm sure there's something, but I don't see anything worth talking about today. Of course, you should always consider uh, pursuing independent studies on these things. We have one more chapter of Ezekiel before we go into the book of Daniel. And things should start to speed up a little bit for us here because we have gone through the longest portion of Scripture in the Bible. Ezekiel was the last long book of the Bible. And so we should be speeding through the rest of these books of the Bible much more quickly than we had in the past. So I have that to look forward to less time to actually be reading and editing and making myself upset with the mistakes that I make. But I'm also excited about what we're going to go into. All of God's Word is good, don't get me wrong, but let's be honest, some of it is better than others. And some of the stuff we're about to get into is going to be amazing, and I am thrilled to get into the New Testament, because there is so much there that I am not going to be able to provide commentary for everything. That's going to be overwhelming in that regard, but I'm excited to talk about it. And for today, that's all that I have. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.